Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank Thank you. 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 Thank
normally somewhere between three and five, you change partners just to get a different point of view and fresh eyes on the audit. And is there a reason we're given just a one-year extension? Uh, the only reason is we don't have a CFO in place, yeah. and uh, they usually like to have input on who the auditors are, so I was trying to stall uh, to see if we could get uh, a permanent CFO and, and have their input. That's good. That makes sense. Thank you. Thank you. All right, so we are moving to our reports then, Mr. Kibble. Uh, okay, so uh, I put together a package similar to the uh, last time that we had met, and uh, the first item was our compliance long-range plan. And I've just kind of laid out uh, what's going on from an audit and compliance uh, standpoint and where I think we need to do, I, I have these wild dreams once in a while and, uh, you know, I would like to see this robust uh, compliance program with uh, people at every facility. Uh, right now, we get pockets of people that report a lot of issues or concerns or, or just, you know, ask questions about how things are supposed to work and then others that I never hear from. Uh, and it, it would really be nice to be out there in the field uh, all the time, but I can't do that uh, from, you know, with the, the staff that we have right now. So uh, this is just how we would uh, execute that plan to, you know, become more robust, uh, become more proactive instead of reactive. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, I kind of laid out, you know, uh, Compliance Resource Group had recommended that we do this. It's uh, in, in their assessment of our program. And I was actually giving it some thought and trying to lay out a program that would uh, make sense. And I laid out what our, our staff experience was, and, and I think if you've read through the package, you saw I have a very experienced but small staff. Mm -hmm. uh, so everybody knows a lot about a lot of different things, and we uh, collaborate on issues to make sure that uh, we get different uh, points of view on how things are supposed to work and make sure that we give the best recommendations we can to uh, management when they ask us questions about, from a compliance standpoint. Uh, we also have the internal audit staff that does a lot of reviews and works with compliance to make sure that things are being done properly and uh, if we have an opportunity to recover dollars or uh, change the way that we do uh, our operations so that we can uh, get more revenue, we uh, try to get all those things implemented. I just, uh, just a comment when we had met kind of an orientation and I, I'm, I was kind of set back actually how small the department is given the size of the organization. Well, it, we have five hospitals, we have three uh, freestanding clinics, we have three uh, skilled nursing facilities. Uh, it's a lot of beds, a lot of people, it's not all that out of line with the industry. Uh, there's a lot of uh, organizations our size that probably even have smaller staffs than we do, but some of them have significantly more. So it's, 
Yeah. It's just a matter of, of, I guess my frame of reference is just somewhat different. But I, I, I do think that if you have a very strong compliance program, so the hospitals that do have probably have a you know, middling compliance program, that if you're being proactive and there's a lot of education and implementation and uh, you know, compliance oversight, then it's a little bigger. I, I wanted to know, um, for this budget cycle, I, is your uh, department, are you, having, are you being able to keep your staff or will you be cutting? Thinking we don't, know that, yeah. don't have to ask that. Um, we hope that there will be water. <laughs> Not while he's drinking. Sorry, but I, I do need to know. I is you know every department SBU has got a, 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 a target. Yeah, and, and, uh, and so I should have framed it a little better, saying that does this department have a target? So yes, as I said, Rick is being uh, uh, diplomatic, which I appreciate. Uh, um, uh, we had a, a, a schedule 101 on Monday, but he has already uh, communicated to me after he got his target that it uh, feels uh, a bit, um, uh, as, as others are too, but uh, he reports directly to me now, so, uh, so he's let me know that it feels uh, uh, like a bit of a challenge, and uh, so we're going to talk about it. We, I had hoped to um, start this conversation with him before our meeting today, but we I haven't been able to do that, but we have a meeting scheduled on Monday, and we're going to talk a little bit more about that. My, my takeaway from our meeting is they do a lot with very little resources, and it would be a shame uh, if they're, you know, if they're budgetarily impacted, where they have to reduce staff, I tend to occur and uh, um, uh, concur, occur, yeah. tend to concur. Um, but uh, what was I going to say? So, and so, you know, as we look at the entirety of, of what we yeah. uh, have to contend with, uh, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll have that in mind. Uh, his and other areas where, you know, there's some we, we, we've been more egalitarian with trying to achieve that target. Mm -hmm. It can be a little bit more surgical. Uh, I mean, it's tough when you look at the scale of what we're talking about here, uh, but, but we will certainly have that discussion and we'll, we'll work with you and, and we'll also try to, as best possible, be as creative, creative as we can to uh, enter the thing. Thank you for considering our suggestion. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> it's, it's what I'm here for. Thank you. Okay, so uh, in going through this exercise, I did identify some education gaps. Um, <clears throat> well, we have a, a, a great depth of experience. We do not have a lot of experience in long-term care, managed care, or behavioral health. And since those are uh, big chunks of our business, we need to know more about those so that we can help provide that guidance mm -hmm. or review those operations and, and hopefully come up with some uh, meaningful recommendations to improve those areas. So uh, one of the things that I'm doing that when we do have training is trying to pick some that would help in those specific areas uh, and embellish our knowledge and uh, hopefully make us more viable. Okay? Uh, so I'm, I'm not planning on, on increasing my staffing this year. Uh, based on where we are with uh, EPIC and budget uh, issues, but uh, we'll, we'll work through it and see where we land, and we can talk about that at future meetings. Okay. So is there any questions about the long-term, long-range plan? No, no questions, did you? No, I, I, I just think it, 
just a comment about the budget. Um, I, I think, you know, when you're adding a new infrastructure area, like this, this is fairly new area for us, right? So we're behind the last couple of years. Yeah, so I think it's, uh, <clears throat> I think it would be good for the two of you to have a conversation about um, what ideally would be the right scale. Uh, for for the department, and that's a different conversation than what what we yeah. can do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I, I just think it's important during times of uh, scarcity crisis like this that we don't lose sight of where we ought to be going. Yeah. Also in the short term, I mean, I don't know with with Epic and with the move to San Diego, would our financial risks increase, especially during this year? And if so, then how do you know for us to keep keep that on our radar? What, what might be some in the near future things that we need to be prepared for? I, I agree. Um, we are, particularly as well as the EHR, obviously a big component of uh, the the go live activities are a much more. Um, it's an intense focus on the transition and a successful transition. So, so not, it doesn't necessarily uh, manifest itself in the form of a, of a sort of traditional audit construct. But mm -hmm. if you think about it in the context of, of Epic uh, uh, staff and uh, our Go Live staff uh, monitoring something on a much more acute basis, it's 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 sort of like a real time feedback loop that uh, that will certainly warrant some look back uh, later on, but in the moment it's sort of embedded in the increased costs that we see there uh, related to kind of uh, real-time course correction of what we expect to see, what's actually happening, and the delta, and, and, and addressing the, the, the gap between the two. Um, that's kind of almost like an audit in and of itself, mm -hmm. uh, but in a different uh, sort of construct. But. Uh, that's just that, uh, and there are certainly other elements, and there will be the look back after a certain period to see that we that we both for the new system going forward as well as the closeout of the legacy systems uh, mm -hmm. do everything that we should have been doing from a revenue maximization uh, prospect as well as a legal and compliance uh, uh, related construct. So mm -hmm. I think your your points are, are well well taken. Okay, we'll talk more. Okay. <laughs> we will. Okay, so let's talk about some of the audit reports that I did finish this year. Uh, so I've got Prime Year 3. So we've reported on Prime previously. We uh, made sure that they had uh, adequate project files, that they were documenting everything, that uh, we maintained that in a, a share file, that in case we get audited, we have everything there in place. And that was really good. Uh, there was, uh, if, if I interrupt you just for a second, because we've gone through all of this, were there discussion questions that you had? We really thank you for providing this well. So unless there are questions, we could, um, I, I mean, I have a question about the 340B, but mm -hmm. this one, I, the prime one, I don't. Yeah, so I, we were wondering if we could. Um, I don't, I don't Okay, well I can make it quick because basically we, they met most of their goals. Yeah. Uh, they fixed the finding that we had from the last audit. All is good. Uh, we looked at lab charges because we wanted to make sure that they were in sync and we identified a few uh, charge codes that 
they had in lab but they didn't have in the CDM, which means they didn't get billed, but it was a few hundred dollars. Uh, most of the codes that were different were stat codes. Mm -hmm. uh, but we uh, ensured that they're having uh, a reconciliation process with the CDM uh, in revenue integrity as part of the Epic Go Live, and so we're, we're pretty good there. Uh, HIPAA walkthrough assessments, I finished uh, Fairmont San Leandro John George, which is uh, all sites for first visit. So that was uh, 10 different uh, assessments. Uh, we did the same thing that we did at the other ones. We focused on certain areas, uh, gave recommendations, and uh, pushing for completion of uh, corrective action on all items noted. Can I ask about the 340? Um, are you, okay, well, are you coming to that next? Uh, I was going to skip through that part. Okay, 340B. Uh, this 100% so modifiers, my goodness, going from so much work from the steering committee and working and working and all of that to like zero errors. So what happened here is that uh, we had the steering committee, they were, they were doing audits Every quarter, they were reporting back 0% error rates, and we got a letter from Medi-Cal saying, you know, here's some that didn't have a modifier, and we started talking to the people doing the audits and said, okay, you really, you traced these all the way to the bill, right? And they said, well, no. We traced them to our CDM, the charge master, and they all had a modifier. And I said, well, let's go to the bill to make sure that they went out that way. And that's when we found we had a problem and that there was a, a system change uh, in, in patient accounting and they had a mapping problem that they stopped picking up the modifiers. And so then we started going back in time and seeing how long that really was occurring. So. I'm showing 20% in uh, July of 17. We didn't find that until late 18. We, so when we found the problem with the 100%, that's when we went back and did several periods before that and said, oh gosh. So we've been doing audits. We, we fixed the mapping issue. Uh, we got it down to a 1% error rate. We've identified one-offs, okay, this one drug didn't have a UD modifier in the CDM, so it doesn't get picked up, fix it. Uh, we're continuing to do those monthly audits. Uh, this was Highland. Do we have to give back any money? Have we double dipped? So now we are, we are, and I remember the first time that happened, they said never again, like now you have to have a steering committee. So they gave us a little bit of a break on what we had to pay back. And this time, will we get any mercy from them? Well, it's sort of a combo thing, so your, your memory is excellent and quite clear on this point. Um, uh, what has happened, and the team can correct me on this, but my understanding is uh, uh, now that, as Rick mentioned, the group thought we were performing better than we were 
until this issue was brought to our attention and went back and discovered what the actual uh, performance had been. Concurrent to us discovering it, uh, uh, we did get uh, outreach from some of the uh, uh, pharmaceutical vendors saying, hey, it looks like we have uh, other instances since that last uh, issue that was statewide, uh, and us and probably a few other entities, because everybody's working on this, where you look to have gotten a discount where the state has also gotten a discount. Mm -hmm. uh, we are noticing this as well when the cooperating it, and to some extent with some of the vendors, we were able to uh, say to them, yes, you're correct, we, we've discovered this, uh, how can we fix it? And in some cases, given whatever the temp time horizon is, I said, you know what, you can work with state, go back and rebuild them, uh, and then uh, make sure your modifier is included to the point that Rick is just talking about, and then, you know, no harm, no foul, we're, we're okay. Um, uh, where that isn't the case, or you don't have the ability to do it, then we need to figure out what the delta is, and uh, uh, at least in, I think, one case now, we have uh, uh, ended up having to uh, give a, re a, re a rebate or a repayment of a, a little over $100,000, I think that's what I remember, or I may be misrecalling that number. Was it higher? It was higher. Was it half a million? Uh, uh, Genentech, I, I think we're looking at 80000 but we're still working with them, trying to figure out a way that we don't have to just cut them a check. So 80000 okay. So it was, it was less than oh, so it's yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, it, it, it's, I mean, that's one of the vendors. And so it's happening with we're the still with the vendor. Right. Right. So we're still working through that okay. that process. But yeah, it, it's still not completely final. So, uh, yeah. And just as a context uh, for the uh, trustees again, uh, uh, just sort of a rough order of magnitude here, we, uh, we sort of put, uh, calculate that the 340B program for us is about a $15 million uh, benefit that uh, we're allowed to then use to support other um, programs that are either not reimbursed or under reimbursed for the organization. And we're part of a group of folks who are continuing to kind of tout that as what we do. Uh, part of our meeting with our uh, plan partners today was to talk about uh, that too, because as a state is looking at their efforts to figure out what they're going to do with prescription drug um, um, uh, costs and trying to deal with that, uh, this, the plans are anticipating if they haven't already received instructions from the state uh, to beginning July 1, um, uh, provide uh, better accuracy on the data that they have that's around this exact point, which mm -hmm. is uh, they need to know who are the covered entities in their um, in their uh, provider panel and then be able to uh, 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 say with greater uh, specificity what that amount of benefit is that's enduring to the uh, covered entities under 340B and uh, which organizations are getting that. And part of that will be uh, cleaning up the data first and then uh, that may be then a basis on which the state determines what the overall program might look like for them and then what um, the, 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 the points on our behalf then it's hard to say that doing something that lowers the total cost of prescriptions across uh, the board is a bad thing for everybody uh, so we wouldn't um, we don't think that's a compelling argument to make but what we would say is uh, to the extent that there has been some ability for um, uh, safety nets in particular mm -hmm. to have uh, benefits here we need to figure out how to avoid that unintended consequence of all so, this. So uh, is it small enough or contingent enough that we haven't addressed it in the budget at all or put funds aside for the 
340. Uh, it's not that it's uh, that. It's uh, we. I think we saw one estimate that whenever this, uh, if this comes to pass, that it's likely to uh, uh, come to pass in uh, fiscal year 2021. Okay. So uh, we don't know. We'll, we'll continue to track it, uh, but we haven't. Uh, I don't think we've made any adjustments in the FY20 no, budget related to this. Okay. So we need more information. Anything that doesn't add more so one of the things we're working on is, is getting a system change so that uh, any time a 340B uh, drug gets billed, that the system automatically adds the, the UD modifier if it's not there already, okay. uh, just to avoid this problem going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, but because of the problems that we had at uh, Highland, we started looking at Alameda, which is a newer program. Uh, started in 2017, mm -hmm. and uh, when we did the initial audit, which was basically a 30-day period, we saw a 69% error rate, and we went, oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. And so this is through a different system, uh, so it has you know, different processes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so we, we finally identified what the issue was, and again, it was a mapping issue that when it went to our billing system, it wasn't picking up the modifier, but the modifier had been in place the whole time. So pharmacy did what they were supposed to do. It was, we didn't, we didn't really check the system changes to make sure that it was going through all the way. Mm -hmm. So it was just a, a bad thing. So we've fixed the mapping issue uh, for Alameda and we're going to continue to do audits to make sure we don't have any of those one-off claims. We're hoping this gets it down to uh, a minimal error rate, less than 1%, okay. if not perfect. Okay. So other reports, uh, you have my 2019 annual plan. Uh, it's considered on time. Uh, we've. Uh, released a couple of audits that you saw in the report, uh, this report today. Uh, I've got more that will be uh, coming in the next uh, meeting, and uh, we're, we're moving along, getting, getting the work done. Uh, compliance program assessment, we have 36 recommendations from CRG. We've finished 29 of those, and uh, the ones that are remaining were kind of contingent upon long-range plan and you know, charter and, and few issues to a code of conduct which is rolling out uh, tomorrow. So code of conduct? Yes, it's rolling code of conduct That's good. implemented tomorrow. Uh, okay. <clears throat> we developed a, a annual competency module for that. Uh, launches tomorrow. We're doing communications with all management to uh, make sure they share with their staff and everyone understands what that code is. Uh, it's nothing new, but it puts it in writing and uh, it's kind of the basis of a uh, cornerstone of the compliance program. Uh, so compliance issues, we still have a high volume of reported issues. Uh, I think if you looked at the dashboard, you mm -hmm. see it's a trend upwards. Uh, both in new reports and outstanding issues because mm -hmm. they're coming in faster than we can get them resolved. And some of them are large, some of them uh, 
are not as significant, so we're going to push those aside for right now to get the large ones. Uh, but we're continuing to work through those and, and try to keep the volume down. And the uh, volume of, of reporting is a good thing, right? That's a people are speaking up. Improvement in the culture. Well, yes. it is from the fact that it's an improvement in the culture and more things are getting reported. Uh, I think in 2017 we were doing about five reports a month. Now we're up to about 25. 25. Uh, so it's good, but it's bad. You know, I, I don't like to have that many issues reported, uh, but I'm glad that they're reporting and so we can get them resolved. So theoretically you should see a increase in the reports and then decrease over time in yes. reports and incidents related. Yeah, so I'm, I'm waiting for the top of that bell curve. That gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> That's really the first part of the good night. Rick, like, why you want to dream about a you know, compliance program with a staff at every facility? Like, hopefully now, when you go to these facilities, there can be a local champion, whether it's a nurse or something. So I just feel like these UD modifiers and things, I hope people are not waiting for you to come and do an audit after some time to see is that showing up in the bill that they, they, there's internal capacity for them to be checking the, these things as well. So I, sometimes I think that, but uh, the fact that we're doing the Leadership Academy and I have a three and a half hour compliance module as part of that, and we're training all of management on uh, compliance issues and what they should be looking for and uh, how they could incorporate the seven principles of a compliance program into their own uh, work efforts. Uh, I, I think that's one of the reasons why the number of reports are increasing because people are starting to mm -hmm. pay attention to those things and they're seeing things and, yeah. and they're finding out who I am and, and they're calling me. Mm -hmm. well, it's a good thing to be okay. here. Uh, and then following up on outstanding findings. Uh, we're continuing to work those down. I want to point out that I made a mistake in this report. There are only 33 open issues right now because we've resolved a number of them. We had a flurry of activity the last couple of weeks and I didn't get it updated in my slide here, but uh, 33 compared to the 61 open issues the last uh, time we met uh, is a, a huge uh, change. Yes. For sure. So who audits you? <laughs> Just who audits you? That, that would be you. <laughs> I, I'm laying it all out here for you. Yeah, I'll call the hotline and, and report my yeah. <laughs> I, I think the HIPAA thing, again, is like continuing education. So that's, that's really something that that's that needs to be constant, but I think the Code of Conduct has a good section on that, right? So that's, that's, yep. that is good. So Mike hasn't been to it yet. He can tell you uh, about it at the next meeting when he goes to my compliance uh, skills lab. <laughs> and, and he says, you're doing what? <laughs> But um, yes, it does tend to keep, keep people awake, if, if nothing else. We, we try to keep them uh, actively involved and engaged. Perfect. Excellent.
Okay, so are there any questions about any of the written reports? None for the written reports. Um, I want to, could we look at the calendar real quick? So we have right now just uh, for the rest of the committee, if you are well okay with that. So we have some you know, four meetings a year, some pretty standard uh -huh. agenda when the external auditor will come. Next meeting is when they give us that plan, right? The audit plan, the right. external audit plan. Then in September, November is when we get the final audit. But just because we kind of need to, we have these education sessions planned at some of the board retreats okay. and during ours. So thank you, Rick, for um, attaching this article as well. I've, I've, one of the things I said is if there's anything new emerging that we need to know, having having an extra like reading for us would be really good. So. Absolutely. I, I, I would add, actually, I, I thought it was a useful article, particularly uh, because as we reported to you, we had uh, uh, similar challenges within the organization. And actually, I uh, just think just last week, uh, there was a big uh, sort of splash. I don't know how big, given everything going on in the world, but um, in, in Chicago, uh, related to one of the more sensational events that happened recently, um, uh, there was an uh, organization there that ended up terminating a couple of employees who looked into the records of a uh, patient who had come to their hospital relative to a big issue, uh, uh, and, and that's you know, ongoing, but, but you know, it's a challenge that a lot of people continue to, to face. So this article sort of highlighted it, uh, and, and that did as well. Yeah. So good that I think EPIC will have some extra layers of safety, right, that people will not be able to go and sleep as much as... Unintentionally have things happen. I think there are so many checks that tell you. Oh, right. are, you, are, you sure? are you are you sure? Yes, so hopefully the yes. unintentional things won't happen. So one of the things that we do from a compliance standpoint is if we identify uh, a privacy violation within an area, then we uh, require management to do some uh, privacy training. Uh, but that doesn't seem to have been as effective as we wanted it to be because we continued to have some of those violations. So the compliance staff, usually me, uh, goes to a staff meeting uh, in each of those areas where we've had a violation to make sure that everyone understands <coughs> how serious we take this. And they, they usually know already because one of their fellow employees is gone. Mm -hmm. But uh, we, we want to make sure that they understand we can pull reports, we can identify if they've uh, accessed a record inappropriately, and that we will take action. Uh, so it, it's kind of heavy-handed, but uh, we really need to get this message across because it costs us a lot of money to replace uh, a tenured employee. Yeah. So it's, it's, in fact, I have one tomorrow morning, which will be the fourth one in this area because of the shift changes. I have to keep going back to make sure I cover the whole staff. Well, violation of patients. Privacy is a deep violation of our 
principles of you know, our, they are the care and our values. So that's that's a real loss. I, I, I'm curious. Um, you know, my wife works in healthcare, and uh, the institution she works for seems to find a way to announce terminations around these sorts of things. So we, I, I'm sure there's some legal issues in terms of talking about a termination, but do people have a sense within uh, the system when there is a termination for a, a breach like this? We, 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 we don't, I, we haven't communicated you know, meetings of individuals. Uh, but we certainly communicated uh, uh, broadly about uh, um, you know, instances where this, this type of thing has happened and reiterating our, our values and uh, the importance of you know, obviously a piece of information. Uh, uh, Rick and others drafted communication for me to send out to the organization and I think uh, we, did, we did some other follow-up beyond that. So, yeah. Yeah. so we had also put, uh, besides the broadcast message from Delvecchio, uh, we had put an article in our compliance newsletter. We had put an article on the intranet. Uh, and when an employee gets terminated, the word spreads quickly. So uh, it's it's pretty well known. And Naturally. It, it tends to defer or deter uh, other occurrences. Yeah, that's what mm -hmm. I think it's a best deterrent. Yeah, deterrence is also, and also that our employees should feel like they are, they should feel safe when they get treatment over here and not feel that's like, oh my goodness, yeah. like somebody will know something about my health. But you should never have to feel that. So this is um, back to us. So okay. any other questions, discussions? So on that note, uh, I guess the meeting is adjourned then. Thank you. Rick, was there anything else that you needed to add? No, that was it. No. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. Um, welcome, Chair. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>